0: So we went digging through our trunk and looking for softball and baseball equipment and we found amateur hour. Turns out it's still there. It was in the back of our trunk uh, underneath the bats, the baseballs underneath the coupons that we use at the fast food drive throughs. Turns out amateur hour is still there. We dusted it off. We brought it back. It's a busy summer folks. You got to forgive us. And when we get a talent roster of, of 20 deep here at perfect game content, which is TV, Sirius XM, and uh, an OTT. We'll do it year-round, but we're back, and we're going to run it all the way through next year's draft. Uh, Danny Wexelman, my fabulous producer and co-host of this show, we, uh, we've got a really good show. Danny produced a heck of, heck of a show this week. D. Robert Moore, um, you know, it's easy just to go Dayton Moore and dad, and, you know, um, he's kind of his own guy now. Um, you call him Bobby or Bob Moore casually. His, uh, his, his folks on campus call him um, big shot, Bob, because he came up with more big hits last year than anybody else, um, including one of those where he on the road uh, against South Carolina. They were they were chanting Oompa Loompa to him because he's an undersized player. <laughs> and he homered in a one one game while they were chanting it to run Homer. His team wins. He is big shot, Bob. I love Robert Moore. I'm excited to have him on.
1: I'm so excited that we got him on in our first show back for this next season, and we did have a busy summer, so we needed to take a pause, but we're coming back with a bang. And I am impressed with him the person that he is, the maturity that he has, he said some things that kind of made me feel like maybe I need to do a bit more reflection in my life Mm. and some pretty profound ideas and thoughts about who we are as people and what we tie ourselves to. So it's deep. It's a deep conversation, but it's also exciting because I think that Robert Bob Moore is going to be one of the best players in college baseball next season.
0: Big shot, Bob Chandler Murphy is at Arizona and Chip Hale's the new head coach there. When I was announcing big league ball in the summertime and ran into Chip, who was then coaching for AJ Hinch with the Detroit Tigers, he looked better than ever. He looked 10 years younger. He talked about the fitness that his wife and he are into. His mind is young. He had no idea a college gig was opening. Jay Johnson goes to LSU. Chip Hale's gone from the big leagues, you know, so it's very intriguing Um, the journey of Chip Hale and his star right-handed pitcher is going to be Chandler Murphy. And so you brought Chandler on the show. There's a lot to talk about with him. This is his draft year. Uh, He was a starter, then a starter reliever last year. He's a college World Series participant. He's Arizona through and through. Played for Luis Gonzalez's brother uh, at the T-Rex program. And um, so I'm excited about this one. Got to admit, he's a local guy for me and haven't done really anything with him. So you pulled in a really good one.
1: I was thinking that I really wanted to get someone one because the Pac-12 baseball announced that they were going to have their inaugural tournament, their first ever. Thank God, That's right. It's it's here, baby. It's here. And so I wanted to get a Pac-12 team. I wanted to get a team that was successful last season and just looking up and down the roster at some of his numbers, I thought he would be good. We don't know a ton about him. So I wanted to have him on. And, you know, we learn about his family. We learn about, what it was like pitching against Arizona State, which we find out surprisingly was actually the school he grew up watching and loving, and he ended up falling in love with U of A. So we hear about that journey and, and where where he's going and what he thinks about the Pac-12 tournament. So you're going to want to definitely stick around <laughs> for that opinion.
0: I disagree with them. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I think if you listen closely, you'll see, But but he's kind of comfortably on the fence. He's kind of comfortably on the fence. So we'll see. Um, also on this show, Drew Bowser will join us. Stanford third baseman, perfect game, All-American, collegiate national team. Drew joins us as part of a conversation he had on our weekly show on Sirius XM, ESPNU every Tuesday night, uh, perfect game, college baseball. It's a lot of back and forth between my co-host Hunter Pence and Drew Bowser. So that's our show. A couple of guys from the pack. So I feel very comfortable. And then one of the best players in the country and Robert Moore. Let's get this thing started. This conversation is just a reacquaintance with Robert Moore. He now, if you're following on the college level, may be new to you because he's playing all-American caliber baseball at Arkansas. He's a young man who jumped in a little bit early, and uh, we've been getting to know him for years. I mean, since his early teens, we've been watching him play, Um, so he'll hang with us now. Robert, I'm going to start here and uh, maybe a little deeper than you thought you'd start after you had the pre-interview and the warm-up with Danny. If I took a bat and ball away from you, who are you?
2: Man, yeah, it is a deep question. Um, that, that question uh, has popped up to me a lot in the past year and a half. And uh, each day I live, the, the answer kind of changes. So uh, there's things I struggled with when I was 15, 16, I don't struggle with now. And there's things I struggle with now I don't struggle with when I was 15, 16. Um, so... Something that, that has, has occurred to me uh, is I struggle uh, craving attention. I struggle uh, craving attention uh, in relationships, whether it's on the field or approval from, um, you know, teammates or coaches. And, and that's something I've really had to work through. Um, and, and so in order to get over that, I have to realize that my identity in baseball, my identity put it in, in people, put it in relationships. Well, whenever you're putting your identity in something, that's not external, or well, you're bound to shipwreck. So um, I think that's just the reality of growing up and the reality of getting older. And, uh, you know, just living more and more on this earth, you, you realize you're not, you're not to, you're not meant to be on this earth. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. you're, you're meant to be in a different kingdom. And, uh, you know, we have this team Bible study, and a guy that leads it is, uh, is a pastor over here at uh, Cross Church Fayetteville, and they do their little college ministry. His name is Luke Harper. And And, um, you know, we have this Bible study he leads and his big motto is, you know, band of brothers. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, when Jesus came down to earth, he didn't come down just to do a bunch of cool things. And whenever he leaves, you know, have a generation of people just read his story and think, oh, you know, that was that was pretty cool. No, he came to change people, change people's lives, impact people and make disciples. Okay, so how can we how can we become leaders? Well, we become leaders because we're good followers. And who are we followers of? You know, we're followers of Jesus. So um, I would say th- that's my answer as of now.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting in, in, in seeing how transparent you've been as a college athlete. That's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, as we are in faith, understand that forgiveness is the greatest part of our journey. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping you're pretty self-forgiving too, only in the sense that um, I get it, dude, I, I was raised in a, in a house where baseball was everything. And I was raised in a house where, like your father, my father succeeded in the game. Um, and uh, it's kind of a natural evolution to want to a follow in the footsteps a little bit and be kind of seek that attention. Um, so as it's been a, a year of awareness, life wise for you. Um, I'm sure you've enjoyed it. I'm sure you've enjoyed maturing because instead of, and I know you shared in some of the articles I read that you quote, beat yourself up, end quote. Um, but uh, hopefully on the other side, you kind of feel even more free.
2: Yes, uh, you, you say the word forgiveness. That reminds me, there's a song by uh, Matthew West called Forgiveness. And it's about this. Uh, he writes songs about people, their real life stories. And in this song, it's about this, this, uh, this mother whose daughter was killed in a, in a uh, by a drunk driver, and uh, she goes on to tell the story. And the mother forgives the drunk driver and actually works to uh, get his sentence removed. Um, and so Matthew West wrote this song. It's called Forgiveness. And if you listen to the lyrics about forgiveness, uh, it's very impactful. Uh, there's a, there's a verse and it says like, um, it'll even take the bitterness away. The prisoner that really sets free is you, forgiveness. And uh, so when you say that word forgiveness that's what it reminds me of hey
0: hey danny by the way you're allowed to transition to baseball you don't have to go to the <laughs> core you don't have you don't have to go to the core of the earth in depth here because i'm getting back to baseball but uh i start. i thought i'd start with that because i've been most intrigued robert in, in reading about that stuff sorry d
1: No, I listen, I had a transition ready. I I was prepared (laughs) to be able to tie this all in because I'm a professional here. That's what I do, but I am going to tie it in because we know you're a mature dude. Like we've known you for a while and we also know that you like to have a lot of fun. But I think what you're showing us is there's a lot still to balance and still a lot to figure out and social media makes it look like we've got it all figured out. And so your transparency is really refreshing, but I consumed a lot of Arkansas baseball last year. And I remember watching you. I don't know if, A lot of people are having more fun than you in college baseball and just like the joy that I felt you brought to the game and to your team and just you're, you're reminding us that it's a kid's game, right? While still balancing all those different things that you're trying to fight and battle, um, but also play a kid's game and have a good time. So while you reflect back on last season, what do we look forward to this season? Like Robert Moore, what do we get to see from you coming into this season? It's going to be a huge season for you guys.
2: Well, it's easy to have a lot of fun when you're winning. Uh, I think we're 50 and 13. We won every single series. I mean, it's easy to have a lot of fun when you're winning. Uh, Reflecting back, I think the most fun we have with each other is on the bus rides and and the plane rides back after we won a series or we won the SEC tournament or something. Um, So so relationships in the community around you is a lot better when you're winning. Um, So it's easy to have a lot of fun that way. As I look forward to next season, you know, we're going to be an older team. You know, we've, we have a lot of guys from the 19 team that went to the College World Series, a lot of kids from this team this past year that won 50 games, which is an Arkansas, I believe it's an Arkansas regular season record. Uh, and so we just know how to win. We have a lot of guys that just know how to win. They've won before. And, you know, we have pitching that's won a lot of big games. We have hitters who've got hits in a lot of big situations. We, we're just a team that historically has won a lot. We have a coach that's won a lot. Um, So, I mean, we don't have to teach ourselves to win. So I I think it'll be uh, very exciting for uh, Razorback fans here in Fayetteville and and across the Midwest uh, that are going to follow us because we we believe we're going to win a lot.
1: What did you take away from the end of last season? Obviously not the storybook ending, but maybe some hunger, some extra motivation, a lot of lessons learned. Can you give me some specific things that you and and maybe your other teammates took away from the end of last season?
2: We need to hit left-handed pitching a lot better. I mean, that's, that's the most obvious one. Uh, You know, the reason why we lost is because we knew NC state had two left-handers. We're going to have to beat, we're going to win them, beat them in a series and we didn't do it. So, Um, You know, as we do our drill work, as we work day in, day out, just know in mind, if we're going to win the whole thing, win the College World Series, we're going to get there, we got to be left-hand pitching. So, um, you know, that's that's very obvious to the players, uh, to be very blunt with you. You Whenever we go out there and have scrimmages and we hit doubles, triples, home runs, singles, and have a good day, well, the reality is, well, how good a day did you really have? Because at the end of the day, as a team, we got to beat left-hand pitching. You know what I'm saying? We can't just beat all the right-handers in the world and, and people we feel comfortable against. Uh, we got to beat the better left-handers in this league. Uh, if we're going to win the SEC West, if we're going to win the SEC title, we got to beat the better left-handers in this league and around the country if we're going to go to the College World Series. So um, I can't stress that enough. We we're just going to have to be more dynamic as an offense and – hit the tough tough left hand pitching
0: so you've seen the big leagues your entire life you understand what it looks like but have you ever seen yourself in the big leagues have you, have you ever visualized yourself standing in a big league stadium because I'm going to tell you you know exactly what it looks like not from the seats but from the field you've taken ground balls in big league stadiums you've hit in big league stadiums can you see yourself playing in the big leagues I understand the concept of representing Arkansas and you will do it well in 2022 but have you seen yourself in your mind in the major leagues?
2: Uh, I actually have a funny story. Uh, I don't even know if it's appropriate to share it just yet, but uh, oh, it is on this school. podcast. It is <laughs> absolutely. Um, I was in high school, and I was I was deciding should I come to Arkansas early or not? Uh, should I stay in high school and, and go play professional baseball because my dream to play professional baseball? I've been to spring training every year of my life. My dad works for the Royals all ever since known. And, you know, I always want to play professional baseball and I was in a home visit. Um, and I told the guy, I said, Hey, uh, I'm going to hit 30 home runs and I'm about 300 in the big leagues. And he laughed at me and I said, okay, I'm going to school. I'm going to prove it to you this year. So, uh, that's what, that was like the deciding factor in me coming to school. Uh, right. so I, I always believe I w- I'm going to play in the big leagues. Um, a reality check is after our season this year, we only played, I think 64, 65 games. And, um, you know, I was really tired after, and then I looked at the schedule like, Oh my gosh, the Royals got 120 <laughs> left. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's a reality check that you have to be pretty physical to play in the big leagues and be a basically a grown man. But, um, yeah, I always want to play in the big Leagues. So.
0: Outstanding stuff. Final one from me. Um, please invite us into the, the last great conversation you have with Whit Merrifield. You have access to him. A lot of us don't, especially at your level. Um, you know, maybe it was years ago, maybe it was uh, more recent than that, but, um, uh, what have you learned from him? What's the last great nugget you've taken from
2: Whit Merrifield? I think the last time I really interacted with, uh, With Merrifield was the 2019 spring training because ever since COVID I really can't go in the locker room um and it was spring training and I was taking ground balls on a backfield and he came over he saw it and he wanted to take ground balls with me and uh, um you know that was something I was like man that's really cool he's going out of his way to to feel with me right now um so um just just learning to to be humble and and always uh look for people that have love for the game and try to just inspire them the way he inspired me.
1: I lied. I told Darren, we had to wrap, but I do have one more quick one. <laughs> I'm sorry, Darren. Uh, selfish. I know I am selfish. Give us uh, Robert, give us a name of someone on your team this year that we need to start doing some deep dives on that maybe isn't on anyone's radar yet. Give us the scoop.
2: Oof. good question.
1: see,
2: I, was, I would say all of our guys, you should do some deep diving <laughs> on. Um, I don't know. I'm going I'm to give love to uh, one of our grad transfers, Michael Turner. He's a, he's a grad transfer from Kent State, and he's a catcher. So um, look out for Michael Turner, left-hand hitter.
1: Love that. Great answer. Great answer, dude. Thank you so, so much for your time. I know Darren and I cannot wait to see – you accomplished this season and beyond it it's very impressive how mature you are and how thoughtful you are and i know that's only going to continue
2: appreciate it thank you danny thank you you, robert
1: we are joined by chandler murphy right-handed pitcher from Arizona. And I think that your story is really interesting. I think we know a piece of it, not the whole thing. So I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better and learn about your journey, learn who you are. But I want to start on the baseball side of things. I know Darren's going to dig into the the family and the life side of things, but on the baseball side of things right now, you're coming from, you know, a pandemic year. You're coming from, uh, you know, being more safe in COVID year. And now hopefully this, season will be kind of free all of that for you. But what is baseball and campus life like right now? Um, as you guys hopefully start to transition a little bit into some more normal college life things?
3: Uh yeah, last year was it was super weird. Uh the year before we had to really on regular life, everything was uh same as usual. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and everything just kind of stopped. I mean, you know, our our season got canceled and uh, you know, we came back this year or last year and it was it was kind of like scheduled out. We couldn't use our locker room. Uh, we had to get COVID tested all the time. And, um, you know, we couldn't have like that social aspect with other students like, you know, when when we go to class and stuff like that. And so this year it's kind of it's been better. Uh, I you know see more people now. I'm able to make new friends, you know, um, rather than just hanging out with the baseball guys all the time.
1: And I'm sure there's nothing wrong with that, but it's probably nice to be able to live a a bigger, better college life, right? That's, you know, that's probably part of the reason that you um, chose your school and, and, you know, wanted to have that true experience. And, you know, now that you have really great baseball experience under your belt coming off last season and able to make it to Omaha. You look ahead, but I, I wanted to kind of just quickly circle back and we gain a lot from the losses, right? Uh, maybe more than the wins um, throughout our careers. But as you are transitioning and, and um, have a little bit of you're a bit seasoned now, so to speak, what did you take um, from the end of the season? What did you take from being in Omaha and, and that experience that is going to fuel you this season?
3: Yeah, last year was uh, tremendous, honestly. Going to Omaha was a, you know experience of a lifetime. We all dream of it as you know, young kids, high school kids. And to be able to go there and just see all the fans and you know, hear your name called all the time, um, it definitely gives you a little bit more of a drive to you know, be that person when you grow up. Uh, obviously, we all strive to be uh, professional baseball players, so it kind of gives you a little glimpse of what your what your future can look like.
0: So I'm curious. Um, I just opened my desk drawer. I had to go on mute because I wanted to, to grab a baseball. You don't have to grab a baseball, but it helps me ask questions. I do want to talk about your life, but I, I want to talk a little bit about how a pitcher in, gosh, some ridiculous amount of innings, what, 79 and two-thirds in college, has only given up two home runs. And so that's one year freshman year, one year sophomore year, shortened freshman year, a second freshman year technically. Um, And then I read the PG scouting Report where it talks about your fastball has a little bit of ride to the zone. Um, I'm sure that's very accurate because these guys do a great job. It was the the outing you shoved against ASU, five relief innings, in which at one point you struck out six in a row. But there's got to be some downward tilt to your fastball. There's no way that you're not giving up any home runs at all. I mean, none. That's a ridiculous total. Um, So tell me a little bit about your stuff. Am I accurate in that? But beyond that, tell me a little bit about your stuff.
3: Yeah, uh, my fastball, uh, it it does have some life to it. It does kind of come up a little bit. Um, But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it just depends on the day, honestly. And um, especially with breaking stuff, uh, curveball, slider, and then also changeup. I think that this last year, um, my changeup started to develop towards the end of the year and we didn't throw it as much as I liked, and uh, I think this year's going to be a big year for the changeup, and I'm super excited for it. Uh, you know, my curveball, I just try to get out in the front of it, and so then I can get a little bit more break on it, and uh, slider, I can always go to that pitch, uh, you know, no matter the count. So
0: the changeup itself, what, what helped it grow? What were kind of the tools of the trade, and what were maybe some of the the starting points where you got comfortable with it because you know, a Chandler, I mean, you know, as someone who pitched in the minor leagues, myself, some of us never get comfortable with it. Right. And it's, it's such a weird touch and feel pitch. What brought you to that next level with your changeup?
3: Honestly, just throwing it every day and catch play. I mean, we can't obviously throw a bullpen every day. So, uh, the big thing for me was coming in after, you know, stretching out a little bit and just playing catch that each day, even if, even if it was just, you know, something light, but, uh, you know, I would take a softball and I would find my grip. It took a couple of grips to, to figure out what I, like, felt comfortable in my hand. And, you know, once I found that, I've been, you know, just keep practicing it. And that softball, I think, really helped because you can see the rotation on the, on the softball a little bit better than uh, just a baseball.
0: Wait, so have I ever heard of that before? I mean, my gosh, you used a softball. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's going to be more indicative of your grip. It's going to be a clearer picture because there's just more square footage on it for to use a simple term. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Cause as someone who's 51 years young and has been around the game his whole life, I don't know that I've heard much about using a softball to kind of perfect a pitch grip. Tell me.
3: So at the U of A, we have different size softballs. We have the regular softballs and then we have little smaller softballs. And you know, if they're, if they're not, if they're all yellow, then we color in, one part of the horseshoe um, to be black. So that way we can see the rotation of it as we release it. And so um, I started off with the, the bigger softball, kind of like felt felt for the grip a little bit. And then now today I've been using, you know, smaller softballs and uh, you don't throw them very hard. You just kind of play light catch with them just to see the rotation on it. And then you can move to a baseball and then feel that even more with the baseball. Very cool.
1: I've heard of that a little bit. I, I don't think it's a, as common as as um, maybe it should be or how for how helpful it can be but I I have definitely seen that before and I wanted to circle back Darren mentioned the game against Arizona State you earned Pac-12 pitcher of the week honors that week and I don't know much about that rivalry personally. I can only know as much as I see and, you know, try to get the vibe from you guys on the field. I, I'm, I'm a Midwest kid. So my rivalries are a little bit different for someone who's never seen it or who hasn't been there. Like, what is that like? And, and you know, you pitched your brains out that game. So what is it that fuels you in that game too?
3: Uh, to be honest, I grew up an ASU fan, obviously growing up in Phoenix. So I was a big ASU fan growing up. That was always my dream to know, pitch and play on the, U, or the ASU field. And, you know, I went on both visits and I felt that U of A was, you know, felt, felt a little bit more home and, you know, I've, I've had friends that are ASU fans. I've had friends that are U of A fans. And, you know, we always bicker back and forth about things like that. And, you know, just going there and having my family there uh, you know, my whole family there since I, you know, live nearby and, it was just uh, kind of a different atmosphere. I mean, I don't know if it was personally me or if it was just a rivalry, but there is a big rivalry and uh, it, was, it was really fun to pitch there.
1: I love to hear that. And, and along the lines of this season and looking ahead, you know, there's uh, a new person in charge, a new guy who has come in, Chappelle. What's your experience been with him and what kind of conversations has, have you guys had so far?
3: Uh, you know, So we just started throwing bullpens just recently. And, um, he's a great guy, honestly, you know, I I wasn't sure how it was all going to play out. There was a lot of guys entering entering the transfer portal and, um, you know, I just kind of stuck it out and was like, you know, I I believe in the U of A. So, so we'll get the job done. And, uh, he definitely has like the, the more pro mindset with things. And, and I think that it's great for, for our development as well. Interesting. Daniel Susak
0: is a guy that we've known for a long, long time, and he's uh, a long line of really good catchers that have, you know, Wells and then behind him a long line of guys that Jay at the time, gave young catchers a chance to catch and that doesn't happen very often but Jay Jay had been doing it for many years, um, but Daniel stayed, and I uh, like you said you stayed. Is there, is there a little bit of an edge? And I don't, this is not a negative or a positive. It's just a reality. Is there a little bit of the edge that you guys who said, Hey, Tucson's our spot. We're going to go ahead and settle in here. We're not going
3: anywhere. Um, do you guys have a little bit of a protective edge to you? Those of you that stayed. I mean, absolutely. We, we obviously love this place. We don't, we don't want to be anywhere else. And um, with the whole coaching change that happened, um, you know, we, we want to be better and we want to do better than last year and uh you know whoever we play we're I mean we're just, we're gonna do our best honestly um there is there is a little bit of an edge to that and uh it's nothing against anybody you know no you know we just want to do better than the last year
0: it's something to play for man again it's Jay's a good coach uh Chip's a good man and 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 going to be a great college coach I've known Chip since I was a Diamondbacks announcer and he was on that coaching staff so I've known him for a, a lot of years and he's a, a legend in your program obviously he's done Respectfully, more things than anybody else that wears the Arizona uniform right now is done, which is which is that's something to that resume. Um, Chandler, tell me tell me a little bit about your dad, Kevin, and um, not only how he is kind of your roadmap to baseball, but you know as dad, man to man. Tell me a little bit about both.
3: So, I was a baseball fanatic when I was younger. I grew up around uh, you know my older two brothers playing baseball, my sister playing softball, so I was always around the field. Um, you know, my dad put in a hard, a lot of hard work and, you know, I'll, I'll go to credit him and just say that mainly everything that I know is, is from him. Um, and he would work with me almost every day. If when, even when I was a prison player, we'd go out to the tennis courts if the lights were not on at the baseball field and we'd go field ground balls just to get some work in. And, you know, I can throw a little bit farther than him nowadays, but if I still can get out there, he'll, he'll get out there and play catch with me.
1: And you mentioned to us earlier. I, I wanted to ask about this: um, your siblings and being the youngest of four. How has that maybe helped you develop? How how does that play into um, going to college and, and being on a team? And you know, how maybe what kind of survival skills have you developed being the youngest?
3: So my oldest brother has always been like you know a father figure as well. Just you know always helping out, and you know he he played baseball up up until high school and then decided to go a different route, went to the military. And um, so he's always there for me trying to work on my mental side of the game. And, you know, if I have something that I'm struggling with, I'll go to him and I'll, I'll try to work it out with him just on the mental side. And, you know, he'll help me with different things uh, pitching wise, but uh, my sister also, she, she played college softball. So she kind of knows the grind that we're kind of like going through and stuff like that. So she'll, kind of like step me aside. and be like, Hey, like we need to get this done and stuff like that. And then my uh, other older brother, he, uh, went to Seattle university and he, uh, he always texts and checks up on me just to see if, if I'm getting the extra work done, if I'm doing the extra rep in the weight room. And if I'm, you know, working with our trainer to get healthier or get better, just to prevent from being injured and stuff like that. So Honestly, it's been a big help to be the youngest, just so I have experience that they can talk to me.
0: you gotta pay attention though. It's great to be the youngest, but if you have your head in the wrong direction, you know what I mean? And being the youngest means nothing. You gotta be paying attention though. There's something to the fact that you pay attention. Oh, they they make me pay attention, so I'm I'm good on that one. (laughs) Hey, hey, before, and I know Danny may have more, but um, Luis Gonzalez is a legend in the major leagues, obviously, and we see him around a lot of perfect game events. Um, his brother Rex has been really impactful and played very well too, by the way, at the lower levels of, of baseball. His brother Rex has been really impactful in developing young talent. His club AZ T Rex also with the Diamondback Scout team. Um, and you spent some time with Rex Gonzalez. Kind of just give me a little bit of an insight, the younger you um, and what you learned playing for what was then the T Rex or the
3: Diamondback Scout team. Um, you know, I've always been a competitive person, but playing for Rex was. Um kind of another step up in competitiveness. He always wants to win. And that's where I kind of would say I got a little bit more competitive was with him. He, he loved to win. He loved, to, he loved what he was doing, which was awesome too. He loved being around the kids and stuff like that. So, you know, going to the baseball field each weekend and, you know, going to practice, stuff like that. It was, it was honestly super fun. And, you know, he, he made it enjoyable. So um, I would give a lot of credit to him.
1: Yeah, my last one is is baseball related and, you know, just getting your opinion on the Pac-12 and their inaugural baseball tournament and and the importance of that.
3: I don't know how I feel about it yet. I I like that we're going to be, (laughs) Uh, um, but, uh, you know, we had a great season last year and and I think that um, anything can happen in the tournament. So um, that's what I like about it and kind of what I don't like about it. And uh, but I'm super excited to get out there and actually play a tournament. Uh, because I'm pretty sure we're like the only conference that didn't do it, so um, you know, no, but I'm excited to get out there and play an actual tournament with uh the Pac 12. I love it, I love it. You, you, uh, how, how old are you,
0: Chandler? Remind me, you're
3: 21 years old. I turned so you're 20. 20- 20-
0: so you're 20 yet you're a little bit of a traditionalist very cool you're a pack you're a pack 10 pack eight slash 10 slash 12 traditionalist I like it oh they needed the tournament dude I'm so sorry I, I'm so sorry they needed the tournament so bad, so bad so bad so bad so bad and softball needs it more you know with yeah. with the way they got hosed out in the regionals last year so anyway opinion yeah. you can put that in there Danny they needed it yeah
1: <laughs> no I love the transparency I love the honesty Darren are you good that's all I had.
0: Oh, I'm always very good, you know that.
1: You're great, you're great. Chandler, dude, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much, I appreciate it. During the pandemic, I reached out to a PG alum and said, can you help us out with with, with an at-home video, a how-to, we're all shut down, we're all locked up, how are you working out? I'd forgotten Drew Bowser and his family and their deep ties to the film and television industry. Drew Bowser did something better than we've ever done on PGTV with smartphones and editing and all that cool stuff. We knew we loved him then. He's a classy young man. Dave Esker loves him at Stanford. And uh, here's a little bit of a conversation that we had this summer. Hunter Pence is my co-host on Perfect Game College Baseball. And you can hear that every Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM's ESPNU. Drew Bowser, future filmmaker or film star or Major League Third Baseman. Here's part of the conversation.
4: Can you describe kind of the, the emotions of, of, like you said, like going through the, the Stanford playoff run, the regional, super regional, Omaha, into a whole nother like just sell another celebration of the baseball elite into the Cape Cod. Like how are you feeling energetically and how much did you grow from that playoff experience and, and the Cape Cod experience? Uh,
5: I feel amazing. Um, you know, one thing I keep telling people is this was by far the most fun I've had playing baseball in my whole life. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun during high school, but when I got to Stanford and, you know, making that playoff run, I was like, wow, this is like, this is all I've ever wanted. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I went to go play in an Omaha tournament before, and then, you know, you go play your games in the morning and then go to the stadium at night for the game. And, you know, I remember that first day there, you know, you take it in and then eventually you got to take it serious and get to your business. But I remember that first day there, the national anthem and the flyover. I was like, this is like crazy that, you know, I used to be in the stands watching this and now I'm like, people are coming to watch our team play. It was like, it was such a crazy experience. Um, But yeah, doing that and, you know, the regional super regional was also a lot of fun and a great experience. And, you know, getting to go to Texas, I've never been to Texas, especially Texas Tech. So that was fun just, you know, right when we got there, we were, walking to go get food and people would drive by and say something to us. And it was like, okay, this is, you know, it's going to be a test. They're a really good team, good pitching, good hitting for sure. So, um, yeah, that was definitely a fun test for us. And then just getting to the Cape and enjoying myself and, um, you know, living with a, with a host family for the first time and experiencing that. And they were amazing and took care of me. So past couple months have been really good for me.
0: Yeah, they love their teams in Lubbock, Texas. They let you know about it, don't they? I've been there many a time to broadcast. This is Drew Bowser. He had a great year at Stanford, hit 302 on base 361. He slugged close to 500. had an incredible year. A perfect game, All-American. Um, so if I just make the following statement, and we, we went through this with Matt McLean a couple of years ago coming out of high school um, and now had a great career at UCLA and has gone on to professional baseball. But if I make the statement, Drew Bowser gambled on himself by going to Stanford, what would your response to that statement be? And explain the why you decided to bet on yourself, pull out a pro ball for now and dive into Stanford.
5: Uh, I think Stanford's always, not even think, I know Stanford's always been a dream of mine. Um, You know, even though my mom went there, she wasn't, you know, through my recruiting process, she would have loved for me to go there, but she wasn't pushing it. She gave it, you know, she let me make my own decision, but, you know, going through the draft and everything that happened last year, I definitely think that, Going to Stanford was the right choice and getting to mature a little more and get better. Um, and just have that college experience was definitely, definitely important for me. Um, and then after going through this first year, I'm like, I 100% made the right decision. Um, met a lot of great people, even the older guys that are now graduated or if they were fifth years, it's just like you stay in contact with them and you make all these connections and you network and you meet new people in your classes. And it's just, there's nothing. There's nothing better than that. Um, I definitely love Stanford. I love the team. I love the coaches. I love Esker and Steve and Nick and Eager and all those guys. Um, you know, they definitely took care of us. They watched over us. And I think as far as, you know, choosing between Stanford and the draft, I think Stanford was 100% the right decision.
0: Yeah, talk about an instant payoff. You're just sitting here telling us it's the happiest you've ever been in your life, baseball-wise. That's that's what you hope happens. Sometimes it takes two, three years to get to that point, but I'm excited to hear you say that. Uh, Drew Bowser is joining us, had a great year with Stanford, a perfect game, All-American a couple of years prior to that. Uh, I love Dave Esker. I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't hide um, the fact that I enjoy his approach. I enjoy how he deals with you guys. I enjoy how he deals with us, but it's not about me. It's about you guys. Anecdotally, tell us a little bit more. You said you care about him as a coach, but take that answer a little deeper, please. So Esky,
5: Esky's awesome. Um, so I would say, I was talking about it just yesterday, actually. I really liked him uh, when I committed and went through the whole process and everything, but now actually, you know, like getting on the field with him and spending time with him, I like him even more now. Like, this is one of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, definitely a player's coach who cares about us. He's a funny guy. Um, you know, he likes to keep it loose. And, um, you know, even when stuff's going wrong, he's not, like, acting like, it's the end of the world. He knows how to, you know, keep his guys together and keep them motivated. And, you know, he just lets us play. And I think that's what's most important because um, I feel like this year our team chemistry and everyone just coming together was like perfect. Because not, not everything was perfect, but, you know, um, going through all the COVID testing because Stanford and Santa Clara County is kind of strict and going through that together and living on the dorm uh, in the dorms on one floor together. And, you know, everyone just kind of stayed like really tight knit, especially with our coaches and asking, I think that really, you know, helped us down the, down the run.
4: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you say that when things are going wrong, that he you know keeps it loose and doesn't take it too serious. Once again, back with that seriousness can get in the way because Stanford season this year, y'all didn't have the hottest start. And we can attribute that to a lot of things because you are right in that area. You have some of the hardest COVID protocols, and I'm sure you were a little bit behind as far as practices with the rest of the country. So describe like y'all didn't have this high rank. Uh, y'all didn't have the greatest start, but y'all got piping hot late. And you just ran through, like you said, you went to Lubbock and they were one of the they were were one of the highest ranked teams out there. And you took them down in Lubbock. Uh, You ran through the regional. But you you all just like you got so hot so late. Do you think you attribute that to him not panicking and 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 maybe just like peaking at the right time?
5: Uh, Yeah, I definitely attribute that to, you know him not panicking, him knowing how to coach us, him knowing his players so he knows what works and what doesn't work. Um, I think it also just, it's attributed to him, um, you know, our practices, going through practice, knowing what each guy has to work on, um, him knowing our situation not, you know, freaking out when, you know, we got shut down um, for a week halfway through the season. He knew how to get us back and running and practices and games and all that. Um, So I think him just knowing the Stanford culture, you know, being uh, an alum, someone who's won a college world series there, um, you know, he knew once we got through the season and once we started getting hotter and hotter, like he knew how to, um, you know, kind of get us through the regional and super regional and um, just how to run things.
4: At the same token, and and I know this as a player, like your manager can do whatever they want, but it it also falls on the players. And I'm sure, uh, Drew, you got, you you and the players had some camaraderie to come together. Can you describe kind of the leadership in the uh, w- within the players and 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 kind of your role where you were and what you felt uh, in the veins and and you know sort of the pulse of the team as y'all got hot and got this confidence? Did y'all feel that? Were y'all was there a mindset? Was there a uh, a meeting or anything to that effect? Because I love to hear
5: these stories. Right, yeah. So I think um, just overall, I think the whole situation of living together, you know, we see each other every day. Uh, we go to class together. Um, I think even though, you know, people wanted to live with their groups or live in like a suite or something like that, I think that definitely helped us because it's just like everyone understands each other. Everyone uh, know each other's stories like eski has us do this thing at, um, at the beginning of the year when someone just sits in front of the whole team and just tells their story and kind of just opens up to everyone so everyone knows each other pretty well and um, I think just that just the team chemistry doing that and then you got um, people like Brock Jones and we had Brennan Beck and we had um, our fifth year uh, closers at Gretsch and you know you got other Seniors, Nick Bruiser, Christian Robinson, um, um, just kind of leading our team, Tim Tawa as well. Um, And then you got, you know, like I said, some of the younger on the younger side, like Brock Jones and Cody Huff. And then, um, you know, you got a couple guys from my class, like me or Eddie Park or Tommy Troy, um, Carter Graham, just those guys in my class, just doing whatever we can do to help the team as far as this year. you know, we had our older guys and we, we lead through our play, the younger guys, but it's definitely, you know, those guys are leading the charge this year and we're here to, you know, help in any way we can. It's awesome stuff. And I, and I have one more. I want to highlight you because you, you talk team, team, team,
4: others, 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 and that's, uh, you know, an amazing quality. And I love hearing your interviews and stuff, but Drew, um, talk to me a little bit about like, if you were to give a scouting report or you were to define yourself, because when I watch you, you're one of the, you have elite athleticism, You're so smooth. Uh, Your swing is all is rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. From and this was like I saw some some video of of a very young Bowser, but can you give me a scouting report of yourself and like what are your greatest strengths on the
5: field? Uh, Scouting report of myself, I would say um, the bat's gonna play. Um,
4: Heck yeah!
5: (laughs) I'm more of a you know I'm a big guy, but I'm definitely still more of a um, still kind of getting into my power. Um, I think the next two years, people will see me get into that a little more. Um, Definitely big for me as far as my hitting mentality is um, hit ball hard, um, keep strikeouts down. Um, Not a guy who likes to strike out a lot, so I definitely prioritize that. Um, Fielding as well, I prioritize that as well. Um, Played shortstop through high school, and this year was my first full season playing at third, so... Not too different, but definitely something I take really seriously, Um, you know, making plays and call. It's a big deal to make plays in college just because one misplay or something like that could you're facing a Friday night guy like and they get a run or a couple runs off one mistake. It's is it's a little bit of a big deal. Um, So, yeah, hitting, fielding, running's coming along um, and a good arm
0: beautiful it's outstanding stuff i like it a tall hitter too hunter you guys have those longer levers that you both mm-hmm. you know work through work through success i may give you a chance drew to speak on that in a bit but i want to ask you about your experience a couple of years ago at the classic and uh you know being a part of things being a part of rady children's hospital you were the mvp of the game you were the home run champ um but big picture what was your experience in being a perfect game all-american hunter is going to be my color analyst uh, this week All in right. the game so Awesome. So what what was your, to, as a primer for Hunter, what was your experience like?
5: Ah, that was, that was a lot of fun, really amazing experience. Um, probably one of my first times going to San Diego and finally going to Petco. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends that were on the West team and the East team and just getting, getting together with them for a weekend and, you know, raising the money for Radies and going to visit the kids there and. Um, Learning about them and having fun, playing, Um, and the -the on-field stuff—just being loose and having fun, and taking BP and all that stuff—and finally doing a home run derby, which was fun. Um, And then finally, game, which was—I know I had some friends come, and actually, Esker was down there as well. Um, You know, I had my trainers and my family and a few friends from school come, and just being able to have fun that day. You know, luckily. It was a really good day for me, but uh, just doing that was a really amazing amazing experience. And I'm really looking forward to uh, watching the game as well this year.
0: I think what I what I loved um, about this more than anything was Robert Moore's ability to be transparent, to be real. Um, I put the softball in the tee form because of a, of a deep article I had read about him, but he grabbed the bat and knocked it out of the park. And so I, I think, the ability of the young athlete to go ahead and take on the Charles Barkley, you're a role model, I'm not a role model thing, and, and, and have it with pride, but really challenge himself more than anything. Um, that, that's probably my favorite part of this with Robert Moore in this podcast.
1: Man, he's so impressive. He just continues to impress. And again, you look at the outside and you think this kid kind of had it all once he figured it out last season. And what we come to learn is that that isn't necessarily the case. And I think that this season is, you know, Bob Moore 3.0, and we're just going to continue to see all these versions of him as he grows into himself. But I mean, humble, transparent, all the things you want, like in a stellar interview for our first one back.
0: He, uh, interestingly enough, played when he played for USA Collegiate Baseball, um, when they played the Olympic team, and he had some great experiences against a lot of current big leaguers that have now made it since then. But one of, one of the players he played against, I, I, I don't find uh, surprising at all, and, and the irony in it is thick, and it's Nick Allen. And Nick mm-hmm. Allen's an undersized guy who is fighting his way to the big leagues. Nick never had, I don't think, the offensive prowess that, that Robert has but they're very similar players, uh, great defensive instinct guys. And I'm sure we didn't have time because he had a shortened time. He had to get out to work out. I'm sure. I hope that he bent next year a lot. And, uh, and because I see the two PG all American, Nick Allen and Chandler Murphy, I think my favorite moment, there was a lot of good ones. Let's be clear, but how he finally throws it further than his dad, Kevin, but his dad, Kevin takes that seriously. That's the kind of guy like, I want to I want to if he drinks beer, I want to drink a beer with Kevin because (laughs) you're still battling your son, dude. And your son could be like a top five round draft pick. I like you, Kevin. I like you, dad. I'm in. I'm in with the fact that your son, who's a college Pac-12 star, says, yeah, I can can throw it further than my dad. But it's just started happening. I I, want to drink a beer with Kevin.
1: Well, drink a beer with Kevin and then have a family meal because he's the youngest of four. And he shared with us, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but his mom was an only child growing up, which is, um, you know, part of her, her family dream was to have a big family. And so she fulfilled that. And I get that. I totally understand that. And this kid, he's got his head on straight. sounds like his three older siblings have kept him in check. And that's mm-hmm. the key to success. You got to have that army of people who, who don't let your head spin too much or grow too big because the kid could be really successful. I- I'm pretty excited to see him this season. New coach, um, you know, a couple teammates who stayed, like you said, a little bit of an edge. I think it's going to be a spicy season for Arizona.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and up the road, Willie Bloomquist comes in, uh, not too long removed from being a major leaguer. He was an assistant to Derek Hall with the Diamondbacks at the big league level, the president of the Diamondbacks. Willie takes that program over. They shockingly made a move on Tracy Smith, who's one of my favorites, but I like Willie too. So, there's some big time changes in the pack. Murphy's a part of it. And as you said, he listens to his his uh, brothers and sisters because God gave us one mouth and two ears. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> that's all I have.
1: I think that's the end of our podcast. I that's wanted my to say too. for the day. You didn't that's yes. Thank you for that. You didn't ask me, but I would just like to say we saw Drew Bowser at the perfect game, All American Classic this year, finally back at Petco. He was out there for the Padres game that was before our game. But you know, he. I'm excited to watch him this season. I, I feel like he comes from a great family, and you know, he was our MVP in that game, and he's got a bright future ahead. So he was I, at I, the
0: All American Classic.
1: He was there before. He didn't stay. He didn't stay for our game. He was there for the Padres game before.
0: <laughs> he, he he watched the Padres, but not the All American Classic.
1: He was busy. He had to go. He had bigger and better to, things he, to do. You need to add
0: him out, then. You need to add him <laughs> out if he didn't stay. I didn't know that, Drew. What are you doing? Why, Sorry, why, why aren't you staying?
1: Sorry about Danny, that. man. That was,
0: Danny totally sold you up the river. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on in three, two, one. It was awesome to see Drew Bowser at the all-American classic. It was, <laughs> it was great that he was there. That's it. Like it, download it, push play on it, share it with your friends, check market, review it on Yelp.
1: Welcome back everybody. We'll see you next time.